Hi, this is Jim Quick, and I have a quick update for you. I'm proud to announce my very first book, Limitless. Upgrade your brain, learn anything faster, and unlock your exceptional life. This book is not only based on the latest neuroscience, it is field tested for over 28 years of working with some of the most amazing minds on our planet. Just go to LimitlessBook.com and enjoy this book. Welcome to Quick Brain, bite-sized brain hacks for busy people who want to learn faster and achieve more. I'm your coach, Jim Quick. Free your mind. Let's imagine if we could access 100% of our brain's capacity. I wasn't high, wasn't wired, just clear. I knew what I needed to do and how to do it. I know Kung Fu. Show me. Welcome back, Quick Brain, to part two of the conversation we're having about how do you protect the female brain? And if you haven't listened to the previous episode, make sure you do so. This is a very special two-part episode. Uh, we're here back with neuroscientist Dr. Lisa Moscone. This is our fifth episode together <laughs> now, our most popular guest. And we are having the conversation about her brand new book called XX brain and so in the previous episode we talked about how women um, experience more uh, anxiety, anxiety depression uh, brain insomnia. fog insomnia almost twice, twice for alzheimer's it's likely to be diagnosed with alzheimer's yeah. disease and it's so headaches and migraines and depression and anxiety and meningiomas right and, so we had this, yeah. this in-depth conversation and we started to go through her acronym on how to protect your brain. And we went through the first three. We're not gonna review it right now. You should go back and re-listen <laughs> to that or listen to that episode. But we left off with, uh, with S for S. sleep. S for sleep. We had a double S. Right. Sleep and stress. Yes. So it is accepted that women sleep worse than men. And again, it's not about comparing women and men. The point is that women don't sleep well overall. We have a harder time falling asleep and staying asleep. Mm -hmm. And the problem is that disrupted sleep has been associated with all sorts of medical issues. And more recently, also with a higher risk of Alzheimer's or dementia later on in life. Sure. We sort of understand the connection in that uh, sleep is that stage of your brain's life where the brain has a chance to just clear itself out of toxins and waste products. So if your sleep is impaired, the brain just doesn't have a chance to take care of itself. And in the end, that leads to oxidation, inflammation, accelerated aging. Mm. So it's really important to try and get sleep. I know you don't sleep a lot, right? right? Some people can get by with very little sleep. Some people like me just can't. Right. So it's important, I think, to prioritize sleep as well, which goes in tandem with stress. Sure. Stress is a major issue and is really a major cause of all diseases. And it could be often. career stress, financial stress, emotional, emotional relationships. Stress, family like, stress, yeah. hormonal stress sure. as well, right? So stress is really an issue um, for men and women, of course, although there is evidence that the consequences are more severe for women's brains. Well, there are these big brain, oh, hmm. So the evidence is that with brain scans, if you look at 
the brains of men and women under chronic stress over time, um, that seems to really correlate with increased brain shrinkage before you even turn 50, wow. only for women. Wow. So women seem to be more vulnerable to stress. And I think one connection is that um, stress is, um, basically there's this hormone, cortisol, which is the main stress hormone, that works in tandem with your estrogens. Mm -hmm. So if your cortisol goes up, your estrogens go down. If your cortisol goes down, your estrogens go back up. So if you're constantly under stress, the body will try to steal the precursor to both cortisol and estrogen, which is called pregnenolone, mm -hmm. and shift the metabolism towards cortisol production. So it sinks your estrogens to right. make more of the stress hormone, which is fine as long as the stress is temporary. Right. Once it becomes chronic, then you starve your body of your sex hormones that are so important for sure. brain health, energy, and vitality. And so, as part of self-care, what what yeah. what do you recommend? What are some of the things people could do to, to cope with stress? Yes, there are there are actually some things that are scientifically proven to work, which were surprising to me, like meditation. Okay. I'm a scientist, so this things <laughs> sound very foreign to me, but there is quite good research showing that having a consistent meditation practice actually mm -hmm. lowers cortisol levels and normalizing normalizing brain waves in a sure. way that uh, turns out to be like a natural antidepressant. Amazing, amazing. Mm -hmm. So let's review the, the acronym so far. Yes. And so the acronym so the acronym is mens sana. Mens which, sana. Yes, it comes from Latin, it's a Latin expression, it's very popular, at least in Italy. And it's mens sana in corpore sano, which means a healthy mind and a healthy body. Mm -hmm. So I thought that using the first part, mens sana, could be really helpful to provide an acronym to describe or detail these eight pillars to Alzheimer's prevention for women. Sure. So M was for mental stimulation, E for exercise, N for nutrition. Now we're talking about sleep and stress. Yes. And then we're going to move on with A, yes. which is avoiding toxins. Avoiding toxins. Yes. This is something that as a neuroscientist, I kind of underestimated for a little while. When people were coming to me saying, oh, should I eat organic? I honestly thought it's just marketing. It turns out it's not. So now there's actual solid evidence that there are um, endocrine disruptors in many of the chemicals that surround us. They're called xenoestrogens. Mm -hmm. And even the American Endocrine Society has put out a warning label for many of, those in, of, of these compounds because they, um, they mimic the action of estrogens inside the bodies, mm -hmm. but they have a disrupting effect, which is especially toxic for children, okay. all children, and women, especially pregnant women, but also women across the board. Sure, and where, where is that often found? These? In plastic, so plastic would be the number one thing that we should really stop using, not just because of the environment, but also really for our health. The problem is that most plastics contain compounds like BPA, they really mm -hmm. leak into your foods or beverages or the water you drink, especially when you heat up the plastic. Okay. And we all know that people do this all the time. Yes. We have ready-to-serve foods that come in plastic containers that you put in the microwave and you just heat them up. Right. But the plastic leaks inside your foods. Sure. Right. Or 
they have these plastic water bottles where you put warm water or tea. Right. Not, not the thin ones, but the actual mm -hmm. bottles that people use all the time at the gym, which just, um, those are really not healthy. Right. Much better to use a glass bottle. So if you can, you invest in a glass bottle and then use it for life, and that is much safer. Sure, and right. it's good your, for... Your food that comes in styrofoam. Mm -mm. Right. It's got to go. Okay. Or takeout comes in plastic containers most of the time in this hat. Right. Right. So it's something really helpful is to just take it out of those containers, put them in a plate, and then use the plate for eating and serving and reheating right. if needed. And so, so avoiding thing. avoiding the plastic is not only good for your the the environment, but also yes. your internal environment yes. also as well. Very much so. And your brain. And your brain. Well. Yeah, so that is really important. And at the same time I think food is a major source of pollution, right? So sure. foods that are not organic are sprayed with pesticides all the time, and we know that pesticides um, have an effect on your body and brain. Okay, so that's the A. That's the A, then we have an N yes. for networking. Networking. Networking is very important. Important. There's for the plenty. female brain. Yes, also for men. Men and women should, should all really benefit from this lifestyle. Practices. There is evidence, however, that these are particularly important for women's brains. Is this so socialization? Socialization and really feeling supported. Mm -hmm. What the research has shown, which is not my research, it's more like psychology, but what, what this field has shown is that women tend to give a lot and provide a lot of support, and they don't get as much support back. Okay. For example, in terms of caregiving. Right, so many women mm. um, provide care for a family member affected with some disorders, including dementia. Right. And they tend to become very isolated because it's just so overwhelming. You have young kids, yeah. your parents are sick, you're working full time most of the time. Sometimes you can't even hold on to your job. You may have to mm -hmm. quit it. So you lose financial stability and that increases stress enormously and then you, you end up being you taking care. Yeah of other people. So it's really important to think for women to acknowledge that we're not superhumans, that we need help. Yes. Yeah. And then finally... And finally, A is for assessments. You need to go to your doctor. Yes. There are so many medical conditions that are known to affect the brain in a way that can be just accelerating brain aging all the way to actually increasing risk of dementia. Okay. And what we usually talk about is heart disease, really important to really prioritize heart health as well. Uh, diabetes is a mm -hmm. big deal for men and women, uh, as is obesity, of course. For women, however, depression okay. seems to be a major medical factor that can increase risk of cognitive decline and dementia mm -hmm. later in life, especially depression in midlife, which is something I, I would like to talk about for just a second because we talk about depression as if it were just one thing. Right. However, the root causes of a depressive syndrome or symptoms can change, it can vary. For some people it's genetic, right? Some people, in part, genetic, not entirely, but there's a stronger genetic component. For some women or men, it's situational. Something happens in your life that uh, makes you feel depressed. Sure. For many women, it's hormonal. And what we, what we tend to do is to wait until women are in menopause and say, oh, okay, you have menopause, that's, that's why you're depressed. Again, here's the antidepressant. Wow. But in truth, 
becoming menopausal takes years, right? It could take between two years and 10 years for some women. And the change could be gradual and mild, or it can be quite a thing to experience. And that could lead to mood swings and the symptoms of depression as well. So it's really important to understand if you are feeling depressed, why, right? Do you have enough insight to see if something happens in your life that could cause depression, or could it be hormonal, or could it be something else? Because the treatment should be differentiated based on the root causes of your symptoms. Then thyroid disease is something that is also really important to address because it can lead to brain fog and dementia-like symptoms, and is obviously addressable by appropriate medical care. And we know that hypothyroidism in particular can increase risk of um, accelerated brain aging. And some people, not all of them. And finally, hormones. We need to address our hormones. And so many women, so many of our patients ask me about hormonal therapy. And there's a lot uh, that's being discussed right now because of bioidentical hormones, which Mm -hmm. are becoming quite a thing. So in the book, I have an entire chapter that really goes into hormonal therapy, the history of hormonal therapy, and the research and what we know and what we don't know. Sure. Right, so just to give you a quick summary, Ardan, hormonal therapy can be very helpful to alleviate symptoms like hot flashes, Mm -hmm. but it's not currently recommended for dementia prevention in women. Okay. That said, it doesn't mean that it wouldn't work. The point is that the research is not there. So clinical trials have told us what not to do when it comes to hormonal therapy. You don't want to start taking hormones more than six years after menopause, because that can actually increase the risk of dementia in some women. If you start taking hormones within six years of menopause, there seems to be no side effects in terms of dementia risk, but also we didn't find benefits to memory performance or cognitive performance. What we and others are trying to do now is to test whether starting hormonal therapy at the right time, which is prior to menopause, can actually provide benefits, especially long-term for dementia prevention. I recommend everybody actually gets two copies of this book, (laughs) one for themselves and then one to be able to gift uh, to, to a friend or family member. Your mom, your sister. Your friend. There are so many women who really need help and don't know where to start. There's so much confusion. And I think it's really up to women to, to make their brains a part of their thoughts, daily yeah. thoughts. It's something like treat your brain like your best friend. I yeah. think it's the, it's the bottom line. Because how you move and how you think and what you eat and how you sleep, it all matters, especially for, yeah, your, matter. for your gray matter. You know, one of our things is just building the awareness. We created this show, not only inspired by the three traumatic brain injuries I have had, and I'd love to come in to, uh, to your clinic to get a, to get a scan yeah, also, is um, you know, the reason why I'm always pointing to my brain or wearing brain shirts is just we, what we see, we take care of. You see your hair, you manicure your, your nails or your, your skin, you take care of the things right. that you, 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 your muscles, you take care of it. Mm-hmm. But we can't see our, the most important thing that we have, which is our brain. So I, I put it on the shirt where people have their emotions on their sleeve, you can have your, your brains on your chest, just to say, hey, this is important um, you know, to love your brain mm-hmm. and part of loving your brain 
self-love and self-care. We know it's not selfish. And these eight things are just solid things that, that, that I would recommend anybody yeah. just start in the area because, and, and they're all important because you could be eating the best food and actually, if you're not sleeping, that's going to affect everything else. Or if you're doing all this and you're stressed, yeah. you know, there's challenges. And we have more control and influence, um, you know, with when it comes to our, mm -hmm. our genetics and how it expresses than we think. Um, Lisa, how do people stay in touch with you? Uh, my website mm -hmm. is a great way to get in touch. Is lisamasconi.com. Okay. And on Instagram. Yes. Yeah, I don't do Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so my Instagram handle is uh, Dr. Dr. Underscore Masconi. M O S C O N I. Yes. So definitely, definitely follow her. Um, and actually take a screenshot of this episode as we do with each of our episodes or this video, whatever you're connecting with. And um, you can go and tag Lisa, tag myself, share your big aha out of these eight pillars. Which one do you feel like you're doing well in? And which one do you feel like you need to put a little more attention in uh, to be able to do that? And that's great because when you share it, other people could benefit and you could be enhancing or even saving a life be because of it. And uh, again, we'll put everything in our show notes at jimquick.com forward slash notes, including uh, links to your book you. and, um, and to your, your work and your social media. And uh, thanks again for being on the show. Thank you for having me. <laughs> Want to double your brain speed and memory power? If you'd like to learn rapidly and get ahead faster, I'd like to give you my brand new Quick Brain Accelerator program. You will discover exactly what I teach my clients to learn, read, and remember anything in half the time. There is no charge. It's my gift to you for being one of our subscribers. That's kwikbrain.com. Growing up struggling with learning challenges from a childhood brain injury, it's been my life's mission to help you have your very best brain so you can win more every single day. Now, want more quick brain? Here are four ways to fast track your results and lock in what you just learned into your long-term memory. Remember fast, F-A-S-T. The F stands for Facebook. You're not alone on this journey. I invite you to join our free private online group. There you can connect with me, your fellow brain lovers, links to resources, and even submit your questions for me to answer in future episodes. Go to quickbrain.com. That's K-W-I-K brain.com. The A stands for apply. Act on what you learned today. Remember, knowledge is not power. It's potential power. It only becomes power when you use it. So use what you just learned. The S stands for subscribe. Don't miss the next episode and other free brain training. And finally, the T stands for teach. You want to learn faster now? The key is to lock it in right away by teaching it to someone else. When you teach something, you get to learn it twice. Here's a simple way to do that. Leave a review on iTunes. Leave a review with your biggest takeaway from this episode. You could also post and share this podcast on your social media. It helps us spread our mission of building better, brighter brains. And of course, tag us so our team could properly thank you. Hashtag quick brain, K-W-I-K brain. Mine is at Jim Quick, K-W-I-K, on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. So what does FAST stand for? Facebook, apply, subscribe, teach. I'll see you in our next episode of Quick Brain. Until then, remember, you are faster and smarter than you think. 
I hope you're enjoying this episode. And if you want to go deeper with many of these authors that we have on our podcast, these experts, I want to invite you to join our quick success program. This is our monthly lives that I do, where I teach something brand new that we haven't taught before, answer your burning questions. And also we have something that people have been requesting for many years, a quick book club. This is your Limitless Book Club, where every single month we read a book together, uh, like a book provided by this author. And then we get the author to come online and join us for one hour, share going deeper in these strategies, how to put them into practice. Uh, I share my five tips for how to memorize things out of these books. Many people want to read a book a month or build up to that. And this would be the program. So if you want to join, just go to quicksuccess.com and get your spot and join us live and get to meet these authors very uh, up close and personal. And uh, back to the episode.